This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Matt Report, uh, the number one WordPress business podcast uh, on the planet, in the universe, and all that fun stuff. You want to know what's going on with WordPress businesses, I'm going to be here to tell you about it. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Tell your friends, family, and any other colleagues that uh, do things in WordPress businesses about the Report's number one way to support it. Uh, today, I've got on the amazing Adam Clark. Adam, welcome to the program, sir. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. I purposely didn't ask you how uh, to introduce you, uh, like I normally do, CEO of this, uh, right. you know, entrepreneur of that, founder of this, because y- you're, you got more hats than I do. Uh, <laughs> Bottle Rocket, founder of Bottle Rocket Creative, recently launched a podcast network, founder of Lift Themes, you've never been to a WordCamp, and oh, by the way, you've played drums for a Grammy-nominated band. <laughs> so I don't even know. Like, and that and that's only part of it. I'm only, right. I'm, I'm only five. I'm five years into the web industry. Before that, I had a whole career as a journalist. So, <laughs> so how do we uh, explain what Adam does? Adam um, uh, has a lot of ideas and starts many things, but as is shown, uh, frequently jumps the ship to other newer ideas. So, the and, and your primary business uh, is it. Is it the agency work, the Bottle Rocket yeah. Creative? Yeah, for the last five years, I've been in the web industry, and uh, it's all been like freelance stuff through Bottle Rocket. Um, yeah, that's been the main thing. More recently, uh, with the launch of uh, WP Theory, you know, I'm trying to start productizing some things and, and kind of make steps toward that sort of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the meat of everything is still client work. Yeah. And, um, I do want to get to the WP Theory stuff, but um, your day-to-day work um, with the agency, with the themes, now with the podcasting network, how did you sort of come about WordPress and get involved with all of these different things? Was it just lessons along the way? Did you set out saying WordPress is my is my goal? How did you get there? Um, I think I I think I started my first blog in maybe '03, somewhere around there. So uh, early on in WordPress and. Um, so that was my first introduction to WordPress, and I just used like the default uh, Kubrick, whatever version of it it was at that point. And uh, but I wasn't in the web industry at that time. I didn't get into the industry like as a career until probably 2008 or 9. And at that point, uh, I think what got me into it was discovering CSS and altering my WordPress theme. So I've been a user all that time. When I got into the industry, I still wasn't focused on WordPress or even focused on development. But probably, you know, and I've and I've gone through, you know, I broke up with WordPress for a while and joined the Expression Engine camp, and then I, then I kind of left that world um, after 3.0 was released, and I felt like, uh, you know, since then I felt like WordPress is just, you know, month after month it gets better, and I, I can't imagine using anything else at this point. But probably in the last six to eight months, really the last year, more realistically. Um, I've decided that the most fun thing that I do is WordPress-related stuff, and I want to try to focus on that more. And um, so I've, I've, I've the site isn't launched yet, but I've, I've designed, I'm, I'm building a new site for Bottle Rocket that's very explicit that we are a um, WordPress design and development shop. So um, I kind of I want to weed out everything that's not WordPress and just focus on it. And and so these other product ideas are all related to WordPress as well. I just have a lot of fun with it, so yeah. kind of want to. Make that the main thing. Yeah, explain to us why the why did you break up with WordPress at that point? You know, real quick, and why did you get into Expression Engine? Expression Engine's always on my radar. I actually yeah. subscribe to a few blogs, and I'm always checking in on it just to see where it's at. I'm always like, someday I'm going to do a project with this because I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but wh- why did you make the leap and then come back? I think when I did that, um, um, I build mostly custom, very custom client sites, so it's. You know, every WordPress theme I build is, uh, I mean, the the main admin is probably recognizable, but um, it's so much more than just pages and posts, you know. And before 3.0, you know, doing that was a lot more complicated, you know, custom fields and custom post types. And and Expression Engine was built in a way that uh, that stuff was super easy to do, 
And um, also Expression Engine was a smaller community, and I kind of felt like I could make a mark or something. WordPress felt just huge, and like, you know, it's, it would be impossible to, you know. Uh, Expression Engine was a, a bigger fish, small pond kind of situation, and I really liked it. And I worked with it for probably, that was my main thing, for probably a couple of years. And um, and then I kind of checked out WordPress again. This was post 3.0, and I was like, man, this has come a long way. And um, uh, and it's just been getting better and better since then. I, I don't, you know, it's kind of fun to argue about. Like guys who are, I have friends who are just, uh, who hate on WordPress and Expression Engine is, is the way to go and, and, and the opposite. But I honestly can't, I mean, I haven't had a project come to me in the last two years that I didn't think not only couldn't be done with WordPress, but wasn't best suited to be done with WordPress. Mm. Um, maybe there are those that WordPress just wouldn't... Ha- I can't think of anything that I wouldn't do with WordPress at this point. Mm. You know, not yeah. any kind of site. So. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 is, that is true. Um, looking at Expression Engine, I mean, would you... Do you even still consider it something that uh, folks could you know, say that, hey, I, I can run a business on WordPress, I could run a business on Expression Engine. I mean, do the two of them ever sync up with, like, the same, like, WordPress themes, Expression Engine themes, WordPress plugins, Expression Engine plugins, or add-ons, whatever they might call it? Is that a similar, uh, is there a similar industry like that inside the Expression Engine community? I mean, it's been a while for me, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know um, too much anymore, but at the time, yeah, there was, but I feel like Expression Engine was a lot more focused on... Um, the add-ons, the extensions, and the plugins, and um, that's where I was introduced to the idea of the premium plugin. You know, it's it's very uncommon, I think, to find a free Expression Engine extension. Mm. So there was there's a whole, you know, ecosystem built around Expression Engine for you know plugins and extensions. They don't have themes because of the way the CMS works. It's really hard to sort of pre-package a theme and release it. Um, and that's why I think Expression Engine has ne- well that and the fact that it's not free. Um, I think is why it's it's not aimed at the same at the time it wasn't aimed at the same market as WordPress. Um, I feel like now WordPress could take Expression Engine toe to toe, but you know at the time Word Expression Engine definitely had um, a lot more features for building a, a a very customized CMS, and it was a lot more complicated to do that in WordPress and. Um, I don't know. You were asking about the ecosystem, and I don't know if that answered it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely does. It it definitely re re uh, or ensures that we've made the the right choice, right? <laughs> Picking <laughs> WordPress. Uh, well, it, I, in a way, I don't know because with WordPress, you can do uh, it's it's easy, you know. It, I don't want to say that it's like you know, there's no work to it, you know, but anyone could pick up WordPress and kind of figure it out. I think, mm-hmm. um, and that isn't the case with Expression Engine. I feel like Expression Engine has a higher learning curve and because of the cost and the difficulty in getting set up and getting a site built, you're not going to have the the sort of hobbyists that you have with WordPress. Hmm. Uh, This is a good segue into a question I used to ask a lot um, to a lot of the earlier guests of the show was how do we deal with the $500 client, right? And in this this, uh, audience, there are folks who are total newbies to WordPress. They're building a site. They kind of want to learn how other people are doing it, and then there are the agencies, the freelancers, people like that who are servicing clients, right? And one of the things is they're going in at way too low of a price. Uh, You know, they're doing it super cheap because it is super accessible. There is a pretty low barrier to entry to WordPress. You can click install it and have a couple themes and go at it. Uh, Talk about your next venture into this new productized service uh, with WP Theory. Explain the the concept and explain why you're choosing the price that you're that you're doing. How did you get there? Yeah, well, so there's two parts to that. Um, the the regarding the $500 client thing, I think you know I spent years and I haven't been in the WordPress world. I've realized recently, I you know haven't really been part of the WordPress world. Like you said, I've never been to a WordCamp. <laughs> um, I don't know that many WordPress developers. It's only been recently when I kind of got into the Genesis community that I've started to make friends with some WordPress people and follow those people on Twitter and hopefully we'll go to my first WordCamp this summer. So um, kind of starting to do that. But before that, I wasn't really in the WordPress community. So, I mean, I focused on being a, a front-end developer for agencies and designers. Um, I had a background as a designer, and I felt like that offered me a, a bit of a, 
set me apart a little bit. And so I spent four years doing that and in big front-end projects. We didn't, you know, I would not have touched anything under, you know, $5,000, you know, for the last number of years. So the idea of a $500 client would have just been a complete waste of time, you know. And... Um, not, but even for, I, not even for the price, just you wouldn't be able to afford it. Uh, yeah, it just wouldn't even, you know... I mean, you know how it is running a business. I mean, and I'm not going to get off on a tangent with, with freelancing, but, you know, I spend more than a larger percentage of my time doing businessy stuff rather than actually coding and doing the work, you know. I just had an exchange on Twitter. It's like it hits 5 o'clock, and I'm like, and all I've done today is business administrative stuff, and now I actually have to code something, like do the work. So... Um, there was no, there's no time to deal to deal with like um, um, one or two hour projects, which would be that $500 thing. So, so that was has been the focus for so long. But I think at the end of last year, man, I just I hit sort of this burnout period. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but just total burnout. Like, like really, like I don't even know if I'm going to keep doing web work. And um, and uh, I realized I think that was because of uh, just a lot of large projects back to back over the years and I decided some of the most fun projects I've had are the smaller ones the smaller ones with quicker turnaround times and I can work more in little sprints and and uh, there's you know faster apparent value uh, to the businesses and so I started thinking how can I transition bottle rocket to focus on smaller projects and smaller clients and and, and only work with fewer clients at a time rather than the typical agency model of, you know, a dozen different projects going on. And um, so that has, now I am focusing on the smaller project. And 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 that happened at the same time with kind of uh, wanting to focus on WordPress. And so regarding WP Theory, what WP Theory is, is uh, it's just a total experiment. I have no idea if it's going to work, but it's an experiment in sort of productizing a service. I'm a developer, and I couldn't think of any way to productize um, a service. And uh, so the quick thing about what it is, it's basically, you know, um, a website in a day kind of process. And so a, a business, I think it, there's a lot of value for the type of client it aims at. You know, a business who um, uh, has bought a theme and wants to customize it to their brand and and have someone handle it. You know, we'll, we'll customize the theme, upload the content, set them up with hosting. Basically, the site is live and do it in a day. And I thought that was kind of a unique proposition. And I got that idea from a buddy of mine who does the same thing with iPhone apps. He has a company called AppADM, and we were talking, and he uh, basically will design your iPhone app in a day, and uh, very similar. And I was like, man, I wish that's that's awesome. I wish I could think of some way to uh, do something in the development world like that. And we talked for a while, and the whole WordPress customization thing kind of hit me. As uh, you know, I have a lot of clients who are in that one thousand dollar price point that I just can't serve. You know, I can't I can't help them out. And I thought um, this would be an awesome way to try that. Mm. So, have you run through a few beta customers, or actually sold it on the on the open um, open market? Yeah, I've I've uh, it's been out for um, I launched it two weeks ago, I guess, um, and I've booked one and have a couple other um, potentials. So, and it's really interesting to actually uh, book one because um, suddenly with that first one, you realize all the problems in the system, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and things I need to fix. Um, because I want it to run like this sort of well-oiled machine, you know, a very productized service. And, you know, just doing this first one, um, I'm realizing there are things I need to work on and uh, streamline what, even more. What's the what's the biggest uh, speed bump you hit uh, on this first one that you said, oh, boy, i got to change this for the next one? I think um, it still involves, well, two things. One is there's still a lot of client communication. You know, before we even get to the day, and the day is designed to be heavily in contact with a client during that day, solely focused on on them and their launch. But prior to the day, I hadn't really thought about like how much time I might spend in email exchanges, answering questions, you know, kind of selling it and trying to get them to say yes, let's do the day. And I realized, man, this is almost like similar to the amount of work and like talking to a client that 
is going to pay me $10,000 to build a site. Um, so I've got to work on sort of streamlining that process a little more and cutting down on um, how much time I spend getting the client to act, potential client to actually say, yes, let's do it, let's schedule it for next Thursday, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, because I could see how that that's going to eat up a lot of time. So I don't know that's the answer to that yet, but um, I have some ideas, so... One of the one of the first things that when I saw your announcement of, about the product or service was how the heck is he going to deal with the content? Because that's <laughs> the number one thing yeah. uh, that I know a lot of freelancers are struggling with. I mean, it's we, we talk about it all the time on the show. You're putting in your contract. You're that's like the first thing you talk about. You're going to have you know deliverables from the client, content. Um, you know, you've got your first one under, under your belt. Do they have the content ready to go? Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't done the first one is scheduled hasn't okay. hasn't happened yet, but we've gotten through the phase of, you know, and the first one actually is just a blog redesign. Um, so the content isn't a problem really. The the content's there, you know. They weren't happy with uh, with their blog. It wasn't responsive in the way they wanted, and they wanted some design changes and basically wanted to launch a new blog. But uh, uh, all the content is there for that blog, so I'm pretty much just going to be exporting and importing. Um, I see this as a useful tool for Redesign. If it's, if it's a redesign, then again, we're dealing with a situation where we already have the copy. Might have to be massaged a little bit. But um, uh, yeah, that point has been brought up before, and um, that is the pre. I guess the pre-sales process. You know, someone will call me and they'll say, or they'll fill out the form and say, "We're interested in doing this," and I'll schedule a call. And during that call, I let them know. In order for this to be successful, this is what we need. You know, we're gonna need all your content. Gonna need your images. This, you know, this is a th in order to do this in a day and do it well. Um, these are the things we need. So we can't schedule a day until they have that ready. Hmm. So if they don't have it ready, um, it's just sort of a you know, come back when when you're ready. You know, and we'll do this. And um, if you do have it ready, then let's go. So it's uh. It's not like a typical client project where we get started before they're ready, you know, like they have to have everything ready to go 8 a.m. that morning or it's not going to happen, you know, um, there's no time to be waiting around for stuff, so. Um, Are you building those kinds of sort of clauses in a, in a contract or just making it very aware that if you're not ready at 8, 8 a.m. on Tuesday, um, then we're moving on and. Uh, like, are you collecting payment up front, or, yeah. or how are you sort of managing that that whole aspect of it? I'm working on putting together a few uh, documents right now. I thought maybe I could make it into a little ebook or something, but just sort of like a, you know, preparation for your big day or whatever, you know, um, and just kind of, you know, helping um, clients figure out uh, this is what you need to have in place, this is what we need to do. But yeah, as far as contracts go, um, it is payment up front uh, through, you know, of an online payment system through Harvest currently. And, um, um, yeah, it's not it's not so hardcore as it's like, uh, it's 8.05, they're not <laughs> here, see ya, you know, yeah. um, we'll reschedule for three months from now. No, it's, it's not like that at all. Um, you know, and it's not, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, um, it's this militaristic, you know, process that must be, you know, stuck to. It's, it's really not that way at all, but it's just, you know, in order for me to schedule in the day, I have to have the stuff um, that we need, you know. And what I'm working into the contract is, you know, there's, you know, the only way to kind of protect myself from that is, uh, um, I'm not sure what the refund clause, you know, sort of will be, but, you know, we're obviously scheduling these out, you know, um, in advance, and, um there's going to have to be some sort of, uh, you know, if you cancel your day or we get to your day and you're not ready, um, I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I imagine it's not just going to be, a, you know, here's your money back because I've booked that day when I could have booked other ones for that day. And um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to – I don't know. Like I said, it's it's still new. It's an experiment. And I literally went from idea to launching the site and – one week, like six days. Yeah. Um, well, I love the fact that you are experimenting and, and just sort of making that leap because, and this I can only imagine because you've been in this industry for so long that you understand where the more you sort of mull around the idea and 
throw that proverbial spaghetti against the wall and you sit there and you're hashing things out, then you never launch and then you overthink it and you add too many features. Oh, yeah. But and but I also like the fact that you're focused on sort of the day like the day concept because as many of us know with our clients is if if there's no if there's if there are no boundaries like that like if you're not focused around the day or the sprint um, or the release cycle then there's sort of like this like you know it's just up up in the cloud somewhere and there there's no urgency for them they're yeah. like hey I've only paid this guy or gal you know, 25% deposit, I'll get to it when I get to it. We're, and then on the other end, we're like, we got to get this going so I can get paid. So I like the fact that you are focused around that day and centering the whole process around the day because it makes them think, like, I have to be ready on this day yeah. or else. Well, and two, I think it might be a little bit strange to most freelancers, um, and that's what I consider myself a freelancer. Bottle Rocket is, you know, it started out with grand visions of being an agency. Um but then once I got a first few people involved, um, I realized that was not what I wanted to do. So um, it's just been me. But I run it like a business, and I think um, a lot of freelancers don't do that. Like, they don't run their shops like a business. And so for me, setting up these boundaries and saying, you know, this is what you need. This is when the bills do. This is just the way it works. And there's there's no haggling here. This is just the way it works. Either exactly. we fit or we don't fit. And I don't think a lot of people do that. So in other words, this process is normal for me. Um, it doesn't seem like anything out of the ordinary um, that I haven't been doing for years. I'm just shrinking it way down and trying to put some uh, automation to it uh, to make it as productized as possible. You know? Yeah, I, I believe it's smart. Uh, the $1,000 is a great mark, especially if you're an agency. It's almost like you could take a step back and do this and then grow to an agency because a typical agency, at least from my experience and from what we do, is we need a minimum daily rate mm -hmm. to, be, uh, to invoice or to bill um, so that uh, you know we can <laughs> pay people <laughs> in the agency. Uh, and and, and uh, you know, a typical thing is you know, a minimum agency is looking to, to bill 1000 bucks a day anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you can get it done in a day, and then as you get more efficient at it, and the process gets a little bit more streamlined, uh, you can become more profitable. I want to talk about sort of the the grand agency vision, and then why you backed off. You mentioned before that you sort of got burned out to the point where you almost said, "Forget this whole web stuff. <laughs> uh, forget this thing where everyone says you're going to be a farmer. Yeah, <laughs> forget this thing that everyone says you're going to be a millionaire doing. Uh, I'm done with it. What was the sort of the point or the wall that you hit that said, you know what, this is this is just too much for me. I, I might I might just pull out. It's really hard to say. I've never been one to like experience, you know, not to get all Dr. Phil on the show today, but yeah, I've Dr. never Phil. been like I've never <laughs> been like a big one to experience, you know, like deep depression or whatever. And I don't know what that even means or, you know, but something happened and I just kind of hit a low point, like just total burnout, depressed, get up every day and like had no interest in doing the work I had to do. Just I completely lost all interest in it. And I think it's because I just been going for four and a half years now, um, and never stopping. Um, every year thinking, okay, I'll tell my wife next year's the year we'll be able to do vacations and stuff. You know, I just I just had to kind of push through this year, but we'll be able to do it next year. And then the next year say the same thing and just working all the time and and like I said I mostly focused on big, large projects, projects that took months to complete. You know, I was just a part of a larger, you know, there's the marketing team and then the engineering team and, you know, conference calls all the time. And, you know, these would be, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars uh, or these would be projects where just the front end budget, which is what I would do, um, would be twenty or thirty thousand dollars. You know, so big projects and I just got so, and I was doing multiple at a time. Like I would have five or six clients going at one time. Um, and I just hit a point where I was just like, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, something snapped. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> this is just too much work. I'm stressed out all the time. I'm just so stressed out all the time. And work never ends. And, um, yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like I need to change something. And either it was go get a job or really change how I work with Bottle Rocket, and I decided to kind of refocus, focus on smaller clients, you know, faster projects, um, smaller sprints, um, quicker billing, so all sorts of things. And so currently, I'm experimenting with the one client at a time model, um, mm -hmm. uh, just just one at a time. And 
that has been absolutely tremendous for stress. You know, um, it's so awesome to be able to just sort of focus on one client at a time. It's not truly, you know, I still have other sales calls and meetings going on and businessy stuff to be doing, but you know, not hitting a point in the afternoon and realizing I've got four different complex front end builds I need to be working on right now um, uh, is really nice to not yeah. be doing that anymore. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, there are folks that are out there, um, you know, even even I'm guilty uh, of it to an extent of looking at sort of the ten ups, the web devs, mm-hmm. um, the Velo Medias of the world, and, and looking at them and saying, how are they growing so fast? Oh, it's because they're going after these real big publishing clients or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Fortune 50 clients, that kind of thing. And you're like, I, you know, I'd like to get there. But then you think about the, the dealings of the corporate world, right? And and we've had our taste of it. And, and I know it's 10 times more painful because they are so much more demanding. And then the payment structure uh, is even worse than the small client because it has to get approved. It has to go out in quarters, um, yeah. you know, and then there's the all of a sudden a budget gets cut back in in a, in, a, in the next quarter and they're like well we're going to have to delay payment and it's like what yeah <laughs> like you know it, yeah. I, i'm not, not going to wait 120 days for you to pay yeah and that's part of it too is like i don't i don't do that you know i mean my payment is due when i say it's due you know and if if you, if my if the client can't agree with that payment schedule then um they're best working with someone else, you know, and it took me a long time to stop being afraid. Honestly, I'm still afraid of sending clients away. You know, there's, for some reason, there's this fear that it's all going to dry up next month <laughs> and people are going to find out that I'm just this big faker and I don't know what I'm doing and no one's going to want to work with me and I'm not going to have any money. So it's really hard to say no to clients, but um, I, that's been one of the biggest things that I've had to learn how to do is to say no. And especially if the project isn't uh a good fit, you know, mm-hmm. and and payment schedule, you know, all all that's part of it. You know, I don't do net 60 or net 30. You know, my final payment is due when I deliver the work. And if if that can't happen, then, you know, there are other people out there I'm sure that will do net 30 and net 60 and all that stuff. So, yeah. just not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I totally agree and and that has been sort of the same thing for my over my last year of running the agency is is moving to that model and saying, look, uh, and, and all the conversations happen up front of payment. Yeah. Here's how we work, and here's how I get paid. Uh, I know it's a it's a cold, hard sort of discussion to have right off the bat, and we're all warm and fuzzy about your next project, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, but I need to get paid because it's a cash flow business, yeah. <laughs> and there's people that need to eat, uh, including me. And yeah. uh, this I'm not a bank. You know, we're not banks. You know, exactly. we, don't, we don't finance things. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love, I, sometimes I tell clients, well, actually, I don't think I've ever actually explicitly said it in this way because I think it would be a little harsh, but it's like if I went to the grocery store and, and got a gallon of milk and took it to the counter and said, you'll be receiving your check in 60 days, they'd be like, well, you can come back then and buy the milk. <laughs> right. It's, right. It doesn't, it's like in our industry, for some reason, people think this is acceptable, and right. it's just not acceptable. And, right. you know, but... At the same time, that limits the type of clients I can work with because if I want to work that way, there's just I'm not going to be able to do the big agency stuff anymore because yeah. they just can't do that, you know. And I'm fine with that. I've been loving, you know, focusing on the smaller clients. Um, part of it too is like just the appreciation factor, you know. When I'm working with a big agency, there's no sort of wow. I mean, I I could present the most amazing, responsive, you know, crazy, you know, front end, and they're just like, cool, good, that's what we're looking for, you know, and, and I'll work for a small business, a project that might take one to two weeks and be three to six thousand dollars, and I'll show them their website, and they're just blown away, they're like, this is so amazing, and there's nothing that amazing really to it, but that affects, like, how I appreciate my work, I just feel like I can offer those guys a lot more value, I don't know, it's, uh, I find myself enjoying my work more. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. One of the things that we're doing is relaunching uh, our own agency site, and that's one of the questions that our design team is asking all of us, the team, is why do we do what we do? It's not just for a job, certainly not, because we wouldn't be motivated to do it every day, but it's, it's about delivering this product or building something for someone that doesn't have the ability to do it, and when they see yeah. it, 
and it makes an impact on either their organization or their bottom line to their business where they can actually publish content that they never knew that they could do before and they're just like this is awesome um, that's the best feeling right yeah. um, and at the end of the day it's it's going to uh, better be better than any other Fortune 50 contract that you land that you're locked into, and then you're flying back oh, and yeah. forth, East Coast, West Coast, all the time. <laughs> well, and the freedom, I feel like the the main reason I work for myself is because I want freedom. You know, um, that's what it's all about is the freedom and control over my own schedule and life. And working in smaller sprints, um, when you focus on one client at a time, a project that would have taken three months now takes three weeks. You know, because uh, that's the only thing you're focused on. And being able to do um, projects like that where, you know, because um, I found that too, like the first phase of a project, the first 20%, the, the, the problem-solving phase of the project, I was super excited. And then, you know, you get into the middle, you get toward the end, and I'm just like, oh, I just want this thing to be over, you know. And also working this way made me think, you know, that's not good for my clients if I'm if I'm feeling that way. Um, I'm giving them a lot more value because if we do a project in three weeks, I'm pretty much guaranteed to be able to be excited about it that whole time, you know, right. and so they're going to get more out of me, it's just, it's a better, you know, it's an experiment too, I don't know how it'll work out because it's tough when people call and you're like, I can't do anything for uh, nine more weeks, you know, I'm booked out for two months, normally I would say yes and fit it in, but I just can't, um, it's really, there's nervousness there about like, uh, are they going to come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I think that if you if you're putting uh, telling a good story and presenting yourself in in a way that they're gonna want to stick around, um, yeah. sometimes I mean, you know, more often than not, they look at that and they say, okay, you're the real deal. I guess I can I guess I can uh, wait for you to 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 engage with us or or whatever. Yeah. Um. What exp the experience that you had on the larger projects. You mentioned a lot about sprints and stuff like that. Were you practicing agile in the larger uh, agency setting, and then you kind of, you know, uh, trickle down effect with the smaller clients, like doing sprints and, and agile design development things like that? Not really. Um, like what would happen is, like I said, I would have a, a five or six projects going at a time. So any given week is littered with meetings sales calls, you know, potential business calls, all that sort of stuff, then I fit in between that, you know, the four or five projects that I'm working on. So any given week, I might only get a couple hours on one project. Right. And so I'm constantly, my mind is fragmented. It takes me a while to get back into the project when I come back to it and figure out where I was and what I was doing. And, and um, it's just a, it's just a hard way to work, you know. And yeah, I totally agree. The... Yeah. Uh, so hopefully your wife's not listening. But so, <laughs> yeah, you've you've taken the step back. You've kind of focused down onto the smaller, uh, the smaller clients, uh, one client at a time. You're trying to productize um, this whole service thing and sort of streamline it for your efficiency, your stress level, and and for running a sustainable business. Yeah. But now you have the theme shop. Yeah. How are you squeezing that in uh, to your to your business workflow, and and how's that going for you? The theme shop came about before I made all these changes. Okay. Um, again, like for five years now, I've had um, an idea for, well, it's not a really a new idea, but I, I wanted to either build WordPress themes for churches or build a, a SaaS type of, you know, hosted solution for churches because I've done a lot of work with churches and nonprofits and I feel like I have a really good understanding of what they need. And um, I've wanted to do it for years, but I could never quite get it off the ground. I'd get a certain percentage of the way into, like, a business idea, and I just couldn't uh, – I had to focus on, like, paying work, client work, you know, and it'd get back burner. And, but every year I would come around to this idea and think, you know, this would, this would be valuable out there. And so last year I finally decided, you know what? I'm just going to make the themes, you know. I, I can't quite get the SaaS off my off the ground on my own. I can do a theme on my own, so I'm just going to make them. And if whatever, if no one buys them, fine. But at least I won't keep coming back to this every year saying, oh, why didn't I do that a year ago, you know. So uh, that's what I started to do. And then somehow I got connected with um, Brian Gardner at Studio Press. And I don't remember how, but uh, we uh, we got connected and and... I was aware of Genesis, but I hadn't used it much before. 
and he was, uh, you know, putting the bug in my ear to maybe do the themes in Genesis, you know, his Genesis child themes. That and crafty Brian <laughs> sneaking into yeah. everybody. And uh, when I kind of dug into it a little bit, I was like, yeah, totally, I'm going to do that. You know, why build my own framework, which I was in the process of doing, when there's this great framework that already exists, so I'm totally going down that road. But then I, you know, I didn't know how to use Genesis, so there's a bit of a learning curve there. And uh, so, again, the themes kind of got put on the back burner. But uh, they're not quite back to the front burner yet, but they're they're almost there. I've got three that I'm working on now, and um, they will all be Genesis. Um, I just, I really like the Genesis community. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a sub, sub WordPress community, but it's a, uh, um, it's a lot of great people, and um, I just really enjoy, you know, that's what I really have enjoyed about WordPress the last six months is um, just the community aspect of it, and this, the, the smaller feel of the wider web world, mm -hmm. and uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting those released and just kind of focusing on uh, WordPress. Yeah. Uh, right now it's WordPress service, um, like service-based uh, uh, websites and stuff, but I would love to eventually um, make WordPress products. And it's keeping the same focus. It'll still be uh, for churches uh, in, that, in that vertical. The themes, uh, with Lyft themes, um, yes, that will be. Um, I don't know. I'm working on one right now. Uh, it's not a church theme. There's not too much I can say about that one at the moment. But, um, yeah, I never envisioned on having a theme shop. I don't think a theme shop is where I would like to go. Um, maybe, um, but uh, I, I kind of see, like, plugins more uh, what is currently interesting to me. But... But what I'm trying to say is I don't envision having a theme shop like Woo Themes or something. You know, it, it'll be more, I, I do some themes and I do some um, consulting and I do some plugins and, you know, it, kind of a kind of a, a mishmash because I, I do tend to get bored if I focus on any one thing for too long. So. Yeah, you sound exactly like me. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing uh, to keep everything sort of in order. Um, do you walk around in some kind of happy chaos just knowing that it's up in your head somewhere and you're, you you kind of know where things are? Uh, or do you have some kind of system or approach uh, that you wake up to every day that you're, that you're rolling with? I don't have a system. I really need one. Um, <laughs> I, I do kind of do the, the, the happy chaos. Um, part of it is just personality. Part of it likes, part of me, you know, I had a good friend who was a business coach for a while ask me at one point, he was like, do you just like chaos? You know, because <laughs> he's like, I'm telling you all these things to do that can organize everything, and you just don't do it. You know, and, and I'm like, I think part of me does enjoy the chaos a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't want to do the same thing every day from 8 to 5. I don't want to sit at the same desk. That's why I, I work from home. I work from Starbucks. I work a variety of places. Um, I want that change and excitement. But um, at some point, there has to be some organization or, or things just don't get done. And... I don't really have a system. Uh, I currently just kind of have priorities. Like my priority right now is uh, client work is obviously the main thing because um, that's what pays the bills currently. WP Theory is the side project that is getting most of my attention. And then there's my themes. And um, you mentioned the podcasting, uh, but that that's a whole no that's a whole other world um, of things <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, you just got this out-of-body experience that comes out at night and just takes off and does podcasts. It's just that was a hobby and yeah. um, turned into a business, and uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. But it's not like a, it's not a, too much of a moneymaker at this point. So it's more of a. I guess I've never really considered it. A, it is totally a business. I mean, we're an LLC. We've got income, but it's still something that's really fun to me. Like I don't feel like uh, you know I'm working when I'm doing the podcasting stuff. But, it, yeah. yeah, so it, there's – it's a good chunk of my week. I guess I should actually re figure that out because it's yeah. at least, you know, <laughs> it's at least a dozen hours a week, you yeah. know, so – If you start uh, engaging in time blocking, which is sort of kind of what I've been practicing for the last year, and you're setting out those priorities but just mm -hmm. simply on your calendar um, versus just the to-do list, which looks like a never-ending sea of stuff yeah. to do, um, and you start to realize how much time and where that time is going. <laughs> the uh, – I think, though, that as an entrepreneur or the creative type, 
there is no pulling away from sort of the happy chaos. That's what it, that that is why we do what we do. That's how we are able to create so many different things. Yeah. It's also important because like uh, like the two of us and like many listening is we're just launching things and trying it to see what what really works. Yeah. Um, and that's so super important. Um, you know. That's that's something I haven't done a lot. You know, I usually have a list of ideas. But I never launched them because I would never. I was always convinced they were going to fail, or I was afraid of failure or whatever. So, um, more recently, I've been trying to just try something. I mean, mm-hmm. what's the harm in trying something? You mm-hmm. know, um, it, most of my side projects don't cost me money to launch and see. They just take some time, um, and yeah. um, that's how I got into podcasting. I just tried it, and it worked. And um, um, I've really been enjoying that for the last year and a half, and WP Theory is another, the themes, it's just, uh, yeah, I would encourage anyone to just, you know, just try it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, recently just received an email from a listener who asked about that and how to overcome sort of the the fear of stuff, and it's like, look, one, you will never be, you, you will never extinguish your, your fear. Fear will follow you everywhere if... If if you're not afraid about what you're doing, you're probably just not either pushing yourself or you're I don't know you don't have a pulse because right. <laughs> as an entrepreneur running a business, you are there's always fear right? Will I get uh, a client next month? Will you know uh, the other clients keep paying? Uh, will we keep selling themes? That kind of thing. But at the same time, you can't let it stall you um, and stop you from launching and, and just trying it because you, you have to launch a version one. It's always going to suck. Uh, version two yeah. will hopefully get better. Uh, look at the Microsoft Surface. The you know uh, version of Surface three came out yesterday. It looks pretty pretty damn awesome, right? It's lighter than a MacBook Air. Uh, it's super powerful. The first one, everyone laughed at it and it sucked and it was heavy or whatever. But now it's pretty good. Yeah. I probably, I probably wouldn't buy one, but <laughs> it's still a pretty good product. Yeah. Let's. Uh, move over to talk now about your podcasting stuff. What is it that's going on? Um, you sort of built built a network uh, of other shows. How did you stumble upon that? Um, I I guess it was it's been about a year and a half. So December of 2012, um, I was feeling really frustrated with myself for like constant ideas, but like half done ideas. I just wanted to launch something. And the podcast was one of those ideas. And so kind of the same with WP Theory. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. So before like starting to work on the website or the logo, which would normally be the first thing I would do, I booked guests. You know, I booked five guests um, for the next five weeks. Um, and uh, there were people that I respected and definitely didn't want to uh, flake on. So that really gave me the pressure. Like I had to get the thing ready to go and before that first guest. So... That was the only reason I think that actually launched because I had that um, sort of self-imposed deadline. But I did it, and um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I met a couple friends, uh, Tim Smith and Chris Enns, who uh, both have uh, podcasts, and we were kind of uh, on each other's podcasts a little bit. And we uh, did a podcast together that used to be called uh, Too Lazy to Blog. And... Um, uh, we were doing that together, and then last fall, late fall, we had the idea. Uh, we'd all kind of batted around the idea of launching a podcast network, and um, we decided let's give this a shot together. Let's try it and see. And I, I've never really done a business or a side project with anyone else before, and um, so out of that came good stuff, uh, good stuff.fm, and we ended up launching in April. And so far, it's been great. I can't say how I feel like from now on anything I launch is going to be with other people because <laughs> it's so much easier when you have other people to help out and keep you going when you're like eh, I don't want to do this anymore I'm going to do this other this other thing is really shiny right now I'm going to go do that um, and you know we kind of all kept each other on track and um, uh, there's a lot of techie shows I mean it's definitely got that you know it's kind of who we are but the goal is to have a network that wasn't like some of the currently existing networks that were just very nerd geek focused. Um, so we've started a few shows that um, I think, you know, I really wanted to do a show that my wife would want to listen to or my friends would want to listen to. People have nothing to do with the web industry. And um, and we've got a few like that and hopefully we're going to, you know, really focus on that and get more of those. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Uh, the podcasting is, um, yeah, it's one of the most fun things I do, for yeah, sure. It's, yeah, it's definitely a good time. The, uh, you know, could you could you give some insight into the sort of the business model of that? Is it just a, an ad-based um, mm-hmm. revenue stream right now? Um, Currently, it's all sponsor-based. Um, cool. We do, uh, there are various levels of sponsorship, but and there are various models of, of, of ads and sponsoring. We're doing a, a run-of-network sponsorship, so... You can sponsor from anywhere from you know one week up to however long you want, but it's uh you know your ad read will be on all the shows across the network. Um, I'm sure as we grow, um, um, I think we're up to I don't even know I think we have 12 shows now. I'm not quite sure, um, and new ones being pitched to us all the time. So as we grow, I'm sure like that whole structure might change or morph anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just a uh, um, sponsorship based. Nice. There's nice. some interesting membership model things I think could be done maybe, but um, yeah. Nice. Want to want a WordPress entrepreneur podcast on there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. I want to. I want to start one, or I'd like to have one. So if you awesome. have one, we'll, we can talk after the show. So. Awesome. Um, that's great. Now, how did you guys come to an agreement uh, on on this? Uh, did somebody have a bigger audience bringing it in, and they're sort of taking a bigger chunk of the of the pie? Uh, anything interesting like that going on on sort of who got the bigger contract uh, in the network? Not really. Um, Tim, Chris, and I are co-partners, so we each own technically like 33 point whatever percent of the company, and um, you know, we had a lot of discussions about how we were going to handle uh, shows and new shows and whether those shows would be owned by us or they'd be owned by the hosts and how we would pay hosts. And, and there's a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, and uh, a lot more than if you're just doing it on your own, you know, it's super easy. Uh, you just you get the money and you do the show. So right. um, so there wasn't really like any, um, any of us having a larger share than another. Uh, we all kind of... Um, uh, we're all equal in it, um, but there is definitely like a, a pay structure for uh, shows on the network and um, new shows coming into the network and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That's great. Uh, well, many hats, uh, many lessons. <laughs> uh, I think we could continue for hours at, at, at these talks, but I think uh, folks are going to take away some uh, tremendous stuff from the interview. Um, about you know burning out, which is which is something that so few entrepreneurs really talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I thank you for short, sort of sharing that uh, insight from your your angle, um, and uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going your way. And, and I'm really excited to see how WP Theory does, and and especially this network stuff. Uh, not so much about your themes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every, but everything does sound uh, pretty awesome. And I love how you're doing sort of all this stuff in motion uh, to see what works. I think it's a great uh, great strategy to go about. Cool. Let's jump into the second segment of the show where we ask you, uh, what's in your toolbox? What uh, piece of hardware or what app do you use on the daily to keep yourself either organized or keep the business going? Uh, any kind of top secret app uh, like an Evernote but something that people might not know about? Hmm. I don't know of one that um, hmm, people wouldn't know about. I, I guess I could say like the first app I always install is Alfred, Alfred app. I don't know if you're familiar yep, with that, but absolutely. it's a, sort of a launcher, um, and it's got some amazing features. Um, I have I've written a workflow where I can uh, literally type in one word for basically one key, generate a whole new like front end scaffold. And do it, do an initial, do a repo, pull down the repo, create the repo, do initial commit, and ready to go with you know developing new. So there's amazing stuff with Alfred. That is pretty crazy. Uh, I don't go, I don't go that far, but I do love it for launching stuff. <laughs> I love automation. Yeah, I, I usually load in uh, Alfred caffeine and uh, Cinch, I believe it's called, which will snap Windows like Windows Seven. Oh, what is caffeine? Caffeine just uh, doesn't put your computer to sleep. Oh. So it, just, it just lets it run at full power. So oh, okay, I, cool. I do that like uh, if I'm running on battery and I want to export an MP3 or something like that. Okay. Make cool. sure I'm getting all the, the power. Um, let's jump into the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions, uh, and you'll have a series of quick answers. What's the one plugin you cannot live without? Uh, um, that would probably be 
Advanced custom fields, I would say. A favorite WordPress or business book? Oh, man, I'm a big reader. That's, that's like asking me to give you my favorite album. It's like, uh, I don't know how I could pick one. Um, uh, there's a book called uh, Love is the Killer App by a guy named Tim Sanders. Um, it's 10 or 15 years old now. Um, I won't get into it. It's an interesting title, so just uh, look it up. It's a, it's a really good book. Awesome. Uh, a quote that you live or run your business by? Um, uh, probably, I, I would just say, uh, man, that's tough. I don't know if I have a, an actual, the next, I think, I, the next I think, question is what's the best business advice you've ever received? So it might be the same. Okay. Well, yeah, it probably would be the same. I would say, um, uh, in the last year I've kind of focused on this for myself and that is just, um, do the best you can and enjoy the ride. So. Nice. Uh, what's the longest a client project has ever taken? Oh man, I'm in one of those right now, um, and it's <laughs> I you're approaching. Yourself out. Yeah, I am. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, there's still some you know, vestiges. I, I'm, I'm I'm approaching two years. So nice. If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Probably Expression Engine. Actually no, I, I think if if WordPress just disappeared from the market, I would uh, I would probably roll my own. I, I mean, I would love to create a CMS, but I feel like WordPress is so good. I mean, there's really no point, you know. So, yeah, I'd probably take that as an opportunity to make my own. Don't let your wife hear this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who should I interview next? Uh, who should you interview next? You should interview, um, I'm in Chattanooga, I just found out that these guys are also Chattanoogans, you should interview um, uh, James Laws and Kevin Stover of uh, WP Ninjas, Ninja Forms. Um, yeah, there's some great guys, and I just kind of interacted online, and I happened to find out we live in the same town, so how crazy is that? It's like a... Well, imagine if you went to a word camp. If you I know! <laughs> you would actually be connecting. All kinds of people, yeah, yeah. I know. Um... What's the one question that I didn't ask you that I should have, and I think it's who you play drums for. Oh, uh, okay. Um, the the band was called the Nate Kern Band. Um, it's not a fan. Uh, you probably think I'm gonna say like uh, some big famous band, uh, which it wasn't, but uh, it was my buddy's band, Nate Kern. You can check it out, uh, natekern.com. And um, uh, yeah, I was a part of that band before I had kids and had to kind of settle down a little bit and. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome stuff. Adam, well, thanks a lot. Uh, Adam's going to be sticking around for those of you who are Maritport Pro listeners, uh, and uh, you'll find his uh, pro segment over in the forums. He's going to stick around and give us some tidbits of information for running your business. If you want to support uh, the Maritport uh, without ads, this is an ad-free podcast network, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, just you hear me. Uh, and this is a membership uh, for folks who uh, want to ask the questions about how do you run a WordPress business, how do you launch a business. Uh, I've got some fear and I'm stuck. Uh, join the Maritport Pro membership. Uh, ask the questions in the pro forum. Uh, and get answers from people just like uh, you and I on this call and those of you who are listening. Find out more at mattreport.com slash join. Uh, Adam, man, thanks a lot for doing this. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Um, I would say probably just uh, uh, Twitter slash uh, AV Clark. It's kind of the hub of all the many things right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Everybody go check that out. Adam, thanks a lot. Thanks, man.